Welcome to Lift City Church Podcast, where we lift people into their next level relationship with Christ. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we're believing God that this message lifts you to another level. Amen. So as I was saying, we've been in this Better Me series. Now, honestly, how many of you all have been uh, actually applying what you have been learning, and you are seeing that your life is better? You're seeing, you're making better choices. Come on, clap your hands if I'm talking to you. You're making better choices. Are you seeing the impact of those better choices? Clap your hands so I know. Y'all gonna talk back today? Are y'all just gonna look at us? Okay, this, where the amen crew? All right, for the sake of, all right. For the sake of the visitors, I always say this. Every Sunday I say this. I only teach to excited people. Y'all ain't excited. That's halfway because if the Saints was playing, or your favorite team, you would be more excited than that. I said, I only teach to excited people. They doing a wave? Yeah. Because I got to keep you excited about the word of God. And the reason why I say that is because where there is no excitement, there is no anticipation or expectation. You don't have any anticipation or expectation, then this church thing becomes routine. And it becomes something you do as opposed to who you are. And I need you to be excited because that's the place where your, your excitement and your anticipation, that expectation is where your faith lands. And when your faith lands, that faith that was in the room this morning, the miracles begin to break out. And God begins to show up because the Bible says that without faith, nothing can happen. Faith is the currency in the kingdom for the believer, amen? So we've been talking about in this Better Me series, understanding how God created us. God created us as a tripartite being. That means we have three parts. Say it with me. Say, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in this body. And we got that out of the word. Now, I really want to spend a minute right here talking about the importance of that. We've been talking about the importance, and I'm going to have them give some comments in just a minute, the importance of why we as believers need to understand this tripartite being and this tripartite existence. So over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, I'm reading the Passion Version, and it reads like this, because everything that we see and observe, we got to get it out of the scripture, right? So this is what he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. This is why we know this scripture and others. This is why we know how God has created us. It says, now may the God of peace. Somebody say, thank you for your peace. You for your peace. Yeah, that's good right there. We could park our car right there for a moment because he is a God of peace. So if you don't have peace, you're being robbed of what God is providing for you. So he's a God of peace and harmony. That means no drama. Say, I live a no drama life. Some of y'all speaking by faith, but it's okay. Say it again. Say, I live a no drama life. Yeah, better me when you become better, the less drama you'll have in your life. Can I get an amen right there? Better actually causes you to have less drama in your life. So he says, and harmony sets you apart, making you, come on completely holy and may your entire being everybody say all of me my entire being what does that look like spirit soul and body what be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our lord jesus christ so we understand that god has created us as spirit soul and body 
So my first question for the panel this morning, taking into account everything that we've been taught and we've been learning, why is it so important? Like, what is the basis in your mind? Share with us from your standpoint, your point of view. Why is it so important for us as believers to understand this tripartite being and how God has created us? Why is that important to my walk in this life? Well, um, the first thing that I'd like to say in relation to that is that we use the scripture to interpret the scripture. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that in the beginning, God made man in his image. Yeah. So in order for us to understand God's image, we've got to understand that God himself is, is our triune. Mm -hmm. We have a Father, a Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Mm -hmm. So when God breathed his image into us, we had no choice but to mirror what God wanted Ooh, us to have. Oh, that's good. So that's good. The, the manifestation of God's Spirit coming into our life is to mirror God in creation, mm -hmm. how he was created. Mm -hmm. how he created us to be from the beginning. That's good. And by the way, this is Pastor Terry. He's, he leads our teaching ministry. I don't know if he introduced himself as Pastor Terry. So y'all share with us. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I was thinking it was a perfect kind of lead into what my thought is because that to me is the what happened. When he did that, that is what happened. He made us a mirror image of him, which then makes me immediately. Well, can we pause right there? Because Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor Derek, this Pastor Derek, said to me last week, he said, your job, he said, we get and we be ready to go. He said, but your job as a pastor, he said that a pastor anointed will slow everything down so people don't miss moments. Right. So say that last line you just said. Yeah, that was the what happened. Uh -huh. That that he he made us a reflection of him. Yeah. Which then led. Pause. I am a reflection of God. Come on, let that seep in. Say, I am a mirror image of who God is. Man, if that don't make you feel like you somebody, go ahead, Pastor DJ. But after we figure out what the what is, our pastor taught us that the power to define is the power to fulfill. Mm -hmm. You can't fulfill something if you don't define that thing. And so the reason why it's so important to really know the difference in what yes. you're talking about is because I can know the what. I can know that I'm a reflection of God, but I can't understand the how I'm supposed to act out that reflection that part right if I there. can't define what that looks like. And that's the part right there, why we're here in this Better Me series and establishing this foundation. Because if you don't understand the how and the why of it, you can't operate in it at the optimum level. I can understand that the car was made to drive. What yeah. is this car? What is this? This is a car. Mm -hmm. I understand the what. But if I walk up with the key and try to stick the key in the gas tank yeah. and start turning the key around the gas tank mm -hmm. in confusion, I can be screaming the name of Jesus, That's confessing, good. crying out unto yes. the Lord, and my key just going around in the gas mm -hmm. tank. And God is like, you're doing nothing. Right, right. Because you may have the tools, but you're putting them in the wrong place. You, you, you haven't defined it enough to understand how to utilize what I gave you correctly. So you're spinning your wheels. You got the tools. Right. I gave it to you when I breathed it into you. And so that's so good because it reminds me again of what Dr. Dr. Freeman taught us, the, uh, the definition of understanding. Understanding is divine comprehension in my heart that gives me the ability to repeat something at will. So you can have the wrong understanding and keep turning that key around the gas tank and never get anywhere. 
which really is a reflection of a, the way a lot of Christians live their life because they got wrong information. They got understanding, but they understand wrong information. So you, the car isn't moving. Your life isn't moving. Nothing is going anywhere because you got an understanding, but it's not the right one. And understanding, whether it's the wrong understanding or the right understanding, it's the divine comprehension in your heart that will allow you to repeat something at will. But when you get the right understanding. Go ahead. A, a quick story, because it's hilarious, and I think it goes with the illustration. Uh, my brother, Andre, is here. And uh, Andre. Give it up for my other son. So happy here. <laughs> with him cute self, he's so handsome. And Andre <laughs> decided to be fancy. When he drove, he flew to New Orleans, and he drove here, decided to be fancy. We at the house, and Andre pulls up in a Tesla. And we're like, oh, you rented a Tesla. You could just rent some old, old, old regular car. Yeah. That's because yeah. uh, he belongs to us. He yeah. knows yeah. We, don't, we don't do regular. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he, said it, it, it was all, he said it was on sale. I'll put up in a taxi. That's the fine comprehension so, in his heart. But, yeah, that's good. That's right. good. But what was hilarious to me is he had, they had to send him videos on how to utilize the car. <laughs> because Tesla's function completely different. And this will preach if yes. you let it. The Tesla functions completely different That's than good. what I have been accustomed to prior to this point. Mm -hmm. So I've been living life driving a car a particular way. And it may have gotten me to this point pretty okay. But this is why the Bible says you can't put new wine in oh, old wine skin. skin. Yeah. I, can't, I can't take a old car mindset Come and try on. to operate the new vehicle. And that doesn't mean that the old car was bad, but it just means that it's no longer what I need to get me where I have to go now yeah. in this season. Yeah. So now we're out there and I'm watching him and we laughing because we try to maneuver the car. We got, we got not to open the car as a key like pad and you don't turn the key, you gotta wave it on the wall of the car. So he went to go charge his car and I we had just laughed about it. I was like, you don't even know what to do with that car. He gets out the car at the charger station and the car's locked, he just <laughs> He start waving the key next to the car and I bust out laughing. I said, see, you don't even know what you're doing. But I'm laughing, but that's just like us. Because yeah. we refuse to change our mind yeah. and operate differently, we stand, God is like, the car is sitting right yeah, here. Yeah. Everything that you need is it's sitting already, right he here. He has given us all things. That pertain to life yes. and godliness. It's sitting right here. But you sitting outside waving around. And some of us, that translates to what we do in church. You running around in circles crying and screaming and ain't changed nothing when you went home. Why? Why? Because that's what we're talking about. Well, we we, we are on the you spirit. Hold that thought because we're on that spirit part. And I'm going to read this scripture, then I'm going to let y'all take off on that soul part. Because that's where we are. We're talking about that soul, that mind, the will, the intellect. We're just recapping the spirit real quick. But in 2 Corinthians 5.17, in a, a trans, Passion Translation, it says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely, everybody say, all of me. An entirely new person. Well, we know from last week that he's talking about our spirit man, right? Yeah. It's totally new. The, all that is related to the old order has vanished, meaning that I'm no longer, I ain't a saint and a sinner. Sorry, Donnie, I love you. Great music. But you are not a saint and a sinner. You cannot be both. You cannot be both. I, a saint is just a sinner. No, 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 no. Not according to the Bible. I have been recreated. Now, I may mess up, but I'm not a sinner. Don't ever call yourself a sinner. It's a label. 
and we function through labels, so don't ever do that. So we know that our spirit man is good, and Pastor Derek talked about this last week. We don't need to do nothing else to our spirit man. The, the issue we have is with our soul. So let's talk about that, all right? So in 1 John 4, 17, the Bible says, and here's another scripture validating the spirit. He says, all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. So we are perfectly born again, right? It is our spirit man that is born again, but our soul is where we have the problem. That's why in Romans, Paul was in chapter 7, y'all know we read that long passage of scripture where Paul was like, I'm a mystery to myself because every time I try to do good, evil is present on every hand. He said, it's this fallen flesh, yeah. this fallen flesh in humanity that gives me the problem. So if, if it's not the spirit and it's the flesh, the mind, the will, the intellect, the soul, then that's the part we got to deal with, which goes to your point, why people stay staring at the car, looking at the car, and never moving because our soul is the thing that has not progressed. And that's what we're talking about today. We got to progress you in your soul which is your mind, your will, your emotions, and your intellect. But even in Derek's example, uh, Pastor GJ's example about we are, and Pastor Terry started, we're made in the image of Christ. And then he talked about looking in the mirror. The mirror is God's word. Mm. When you get up every morning, let's say you go to the, uh, work five times a week. Do you look in the mirror one time on Monday and you good for the rest of the week? <laughs> emphatically no that's good you yeah. get up and you check that mirror every day because every you're looking you at your image to make the appropriate corrections so that when you go out to your job you got everything right yeah. the bible says that it is a mirror it's a mirror and you are to look into the word and do a self introspection of what you look like we can tell you what you look like but who knows you but you all them little nooks and crannies, all them little imperfections that you need a mirror to help you tighten up. Look at the word and you're constantly going back to the word to look to see, okay, what I look like. Yeah. Do I look reflective? Am I conformed to the image of Christ? Because that spirit is conformed. Nothing you got to do. Perfect. Vacuum pack seal. But that body and that soul is what needs to be transformed. Yeah. But that's why. But that's why, for some of us, our busyness is a trap. Oh, oh. And, we've, and we've allowed being busy to trap us hmm. because we are refused to spend the time to sit with ourselves. Oh, wow, wow. Instead of sitting and allowing time for your soul to meditate over the word of God and to become a better reflection of him, you fill your time with things that will only fill you for the moment. Yeah, temporary. You, you, you consume yourself with temporary things. I gotta be in the, with my friends all the time. I gotta go out to eat all the time. I gotta run around all the time. Some of you don't even know what your mirror looks like in your house. So it's For longer than five seconds. So it's both distraction and deception. It's both. When you don't sit with yourself and make the necessary corrections by looking in the mirror, because that's what, to Pastor Derek's point, that's what the mirror does. The mirror helps you to make adjustments. Which is why some of us yes. need to sit with not just ourselves, but maybe you need to sit with a pastor or therapist or a counselor. And don't be afraid of and it. And don't be afraid yes. of that because sometimes you need someone to help you look at yourself differently. Yes. Because yes. when I look in the mirror, I see one thing. But I may need somebody to come up beside me and say, hey, what, you, what are you 
looking at. Right. Because what I see isn't what you what you're looking at in that mirror. That's a lie that enemy has placed a filter over your eyes concerning yourself. So let, let that's, me. That's how strongholds begin. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things that we have to really be cognizant of because if we don't sit with Holy Spirit, somebody who can speak the word, because the Bible says that the words that I speak, Jesus said the words that I speak, that yeah. they are spirit and, and life. Yeah. So they can produce and multiply a revelation, a height, a level, and a depth of the spirit to help you to be able to see the things that are in the mirror. I need to change that. Yeah. So now that brings us to the empowerment piece. God has already empowered us with his word. When he breathed in us and we receive the Holy Spirit, we're born again, and we stop looking back to what we used to be. That's good. Then guess what? We can stop letting other people look back at who we used to be too. Because people will always stumble at who you used to be. Yeah. So what your labor should be is to always visualize, okay, well, what is Christ supposed to be in me? Yeah. That spirit that reveals to you the, the mirror. We talked about the mirror, right? Yeah. So when we're sitting, we, that's why it's so important not to sit alone. Oh, it, that's good. It, yeah. you, you can't sit. See, because Elijah sat alone after Jezebel threatened him. Yeah, and what happened? What and happened? he got discouraged. Yes. And he got he got confused. Yes. All right, so so what ended up happening was Elijah got, got tricked up mm -hmm. uh, by fear because he was sitting alone. alone. Now, you said something some time ago about being lonely and being alone. Those are two different things. Yeah. Okay, being lonely is something that you come to of your own accord. But then when you talk about being lonely, that's because you have removed yourself from everything else. Yeah. And, and that's what we have to not do, y'all. Uh, in the body of Christ, we can't remove ourselves from places where the word is being taught, where people are holding you to accountability, where people are correcting you. Mm -hmm. Hello. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest challenge that a lot of us face when it comes down to understanding the difference between our mind, our will, and our intellect. So... Let, let's make break this all the way down and make it real relative because this is good to me. I don't know if it's good to y'all. This piece about sitting with yourself and how it leads to confusion because we have post-pandemic, we have a whole generation of people who believe they don't need a pastor or a church. And they still sitting alone. And they still sitting alone. But, but the reason why you praying to God and your crystal and burn and sage in your house is because you're sitting alone. You're sitting alone. Go ahead. Just, I just want to make sure we're clear because I want to make sure, just like Pastor Tracy said, that we don't rush on and confuse you in what we're saying. Because I said you have to sit by, by yourself. Yes, you need to separate yourself from sometimes and sit with yourself. But just because I'm sitting with myself doesn't mean that I'm sitting alone. And that can be confusing oh, if good. we don't yeah. slow down and make sure we clearly understand what that means. Because I'm not saying that people are like, how do I sit and not sit alone? What we're saying is you sit with yourself, but you sit with yourself with the tools to help you sit with yourself better. Yeah, because if you, if you sit with yourself and you, you got bad information, like y'all heard, y'all remember that uh, old Disney, mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Who is the fairest one of them all? That if you're looking at the wrong mirror, you're looking at the wrong image, it'll lie to you. It'll make you think that it you're doing distorted. better. It's deceptive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it's distortion. It's deceptive. It'll tell you some things. So knowledge 
is good, but wisdom gives you the proper use of knowledge. There's a whole lot of people that know a whole lot about the word and have no wisdom whatsoever. The Bible says in all you're getting, get understanding. It's one thing to know, be able to read the Bible, but unless you get, open yourself up. And you have to open, you have to open your heart, you have to open your ears to be able to hear from God the wisdom of God. He says he's given, he's been made wisdom for you. That's another benefit that's been deposited on the inside of you. When are you going to allow that wisdom to flourish? Well, some of us, based on that, could be asking, well, how do I know the difference? Mm-hmm. How do I know I have bad information? How do I know that I'm not operating in wisdom? You know based upon the fruit Ooh. that comes after you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is how you know the difference because some of us are walking around saying that we need things to make us happy that aren't giving us the fruit of happiness. Mm. That's good. So I think about a lot. I'm an extrovert, but I think a lot of time I, I, I'm around introverts. And there's nothing wrong with being introverted. But sometimes I have to help introverts understand the difference between you being introverted because you need it and you being introverted because you're trapping yourself. Because you're putting yourself in bondage. And you're walking around telling people it's because you're an introvert, but it's not producing the fruit of so joy in your life. So pause right there. Pause right there. Because a lot of times when we uh, isolate ourselves, from the world then insulate ourselves within ourselves, we're doing it because we feel safe. And that safety that we need is because we have an insecurity or trauma that we have not dealt with. Now, trauma happens in your soul. So I need people to just start letting it click and register because if when things are not right, your natural go-to is to withdraw Isolate and insulate yourself, we're talking to you. You need help in your soul, which is part of your emotions. If when you are in a situation that triggers you or pressure and you react emotionally out of control, you need work in your soul. The scripture says, Philippians 2, 12 through 13, the latter part of it says, we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That's the spirit part is done. Your work is to work out your soul. Because no, it is not normal to overreact to everything. It is not normal that when someone seeks to correct you in love, you get angry or you withdraw. It is not normal. Healed people can take correction, and even though it may hurt, they know how to balance the hurt with the understanding that this is going to make me better. We got to deal with that stuff because it's the soul. The spirit is willing to move, but it's the soul that will keep you trapped in the current situation. And I know it could be scary, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And as long as your soul is trapped emotionally and your mind is not right, you'll never be able to progress to the level that God wants you to progress to. And, and, and here's the thing. Satan knows that. He knows if he can control your mind and your thoughts, he can keep you in bondage and victory. Listen to this. I, I, I highlighted this. Revelations chapter 20, verse 3. It says, Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. 
and his final state is to be locked in a bottomless pit so that he cannot deceive the nations anymore. Hmm. Not so he couldn't murder, not so that he couldn't yeah, kill, good. but so that he couldn't deceive the nations. What does deception deal with? My mind. That's good. My mind. He brings lies to us. And you got to, when it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, you have to renew your mind to that mirror we talked about. That's How do you know when you're hearing bad information? It don't line up with the mirror of the word of God. It's, that's not the word. When you hear, I'm just a, a, a old sinner saved by grace. Uh, I'm not. He who knew no sin took on sin that I might become the right. I'm the righteous of God. I'm not a sinner. I was a sinner, but I'm now saved by grace. Amen. So when you hear things, I'm poor. I'm just trying to make ends meet. Who said ends had to meet? God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above, uh, I'm above only and never beneath. I'm sick. I can't get over this. I don't have this. Sick. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. If yeah. I was healed, I am healed. So let me say this because what I hear in that is that sometimes we try so hard to hold on to the way we were trained, either in our families, in culture, or in the church. We try so hard to hold on to who we are at the risk of who we can become. We fight to stay right in the same point because there's a fear associated with that. And God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But if I let go of the way that I've operated for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, then who do I become? You become the better version of yourself that God created you to be. Let it go because you can't hold on and move at the same time. Otherwise, so you're stuck. You're otherwise, stuck. you're eating off of 70, 60, 40-year-old fruit. Ooh, that's right. And That's if right. I pulled That's some 40-year-old fruit out the ground and I told you to consume it and base your life on it, you would look at me like I was crazy. Yeah. But we're doing that we don't even realize. We're consuming the same thing. You consume the same, you're consuming the same thing now that you did in 89. Treating things the same way, reacting to things the same way, responding the same way. And you walking around telling people it's because who I am. Who you are is a lie. That's not what the it's word It's not says. a reflection that of is, the mirror. It's not, not a reflection. That's not what the Bible who told, who told you that's who you were? Yeah. Who, who told you? And that's literally in the scripture. Who is that? Um, what, I don't I know. I about? remember, though, I taught a who message. Who am I thinking that, about? I taught a message in when he said, who told, Adam, he told uh, Adam. He said, who told you? Told, God told Adam that. Yeah, who told you? Who told you when they Who told you when they Adam consumed the knowledge and, and developed a knowledge for himself that was outside of God. And he decided that his own knowledge superseded what God said about him. Hold up, hold up, watch this. He was deceived into thinking that. Right, right, he because he, so he allowed Eve to sit with herself. And when Eve sat with herself, the enemy came in. See, you see that thing? Eve sat with herself, without unprotected, the without, the proper, not, without the proper covering. Eve sat yeah. with herself yeah, yeah, without the proper understanding and the proper covering because Adam was nowhere to be found, right? Okay. So that, that right there, remember I told you last week how did Satan become Satan? It started with a thought. He had, he had musical instruments in his body, built into his body, 
and the host of heaven, when they worship God, they worship to the music that came from back then. It was Lucifer, son of the morning. Son of when he wake up to their beautiful music, mm -hmm. praising God. I know Satan, a thought came to him. There was no devil. Yeah, a yeah. thought came to him. He said, man, they worshiping God from the music from my body. Not I think I ought to be God. Right, absolutely. And that's one thought. Same thing. He did the same thing with Eve. Perfect communication with God. And they perfect, perfectly created. And all of a sudden, did you, have God said a thought? When you said that, what I thought you said that was one thought. But one thought. One thought that is not brought down. The Bible says you pull down every thought to the authority and the subjection of God's word. That one thought cost him his influence, his authority, and his position in the kingdom. One thought. Paul, the Apostle Paul gave us an excellent explanation of it. He said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Yes. He said, but we wrestle against spiritual wickedness and doctrine. All these things are What kind of witness? What kind of wickedness? Spiritual wickedness. Spiritual wickedness. So spirit, spiritual wickedness can cause you sometimes to feel like there is no answer for your need. Hmm. And, it, and it, it'll uh, stymie you to prevent you from seeking. So you'll sit there by yourself and be content with waking up tomorrow the same way. So when you, oh, when you have the Holy good. Spirit dealing with you and you have the mirror of the word in your life and you're taking it and you're applying it to your life, then you're going to say, okay, I got this. I know how I was yesterday. I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a better me today. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to choose to do these things. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so powerful about the kingdom of God. When you choose to do things, when you choose to yield to the enemy, you will fall in sin. Yeah, that's When good. you choose to follow God, you will live on into righteousness. That's right. So that's, our choice is a power. But it goes all the way back to the beginning where we were talking about where Adam and Eve had to do what? Make a choice. Choice, yeah. Can I, can I literally say something about that? Because literally, while I'm sitting here, I'm like, God, so how do we, how do we move that's ourselves? Right. How do we get there? How Come do on. I move myself out of mm -hmm. being in that routine. Yeah. And what God literally said to me is honesty and accountability. Mm. When God came walking through the forest, they were hiding themselves in shame, in quiet. They had made a home in the bush in secrecy. And some of us don't understand that we've made a home in the secrecy of the stuff that we need to get out of. We've, we've, accustomed set, we've become accustomed to living in yes. that place. And That's we good. have more fear about giving up the, the, what we're accustomed to than we do about receiving the new that he's trying to give us. And it's going to take that moment where the pain of staying the same outweighs Ooh. the pain of changing. That's good. Everybody comes to that moment yeah. where the pain of staying in this same place every single day is going to at some point outweigh the pain that you're going to have to go through to relinquish it. And so what did they do in that moment? They finally got up and they said, God, we're here. Right. Some of us so, need to do that with a pastor. Some of us need to do that with a friend. Hey, I've been hiding in this bush for a long time. I have a problem. Let me say this, because I think the part that I'm hearing that you did not say is being said, but we got to make sure it's being yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all heard what I said, it's being said, but we got to make sure it's being heard. 
the longer you stay in that bush, the more work be it becomes for you to climb out of the bush. The sooner you decide to get out of the bush, the less work you have to do because that's the way that secrecy and shame works. The longer you stay in it, the harder it is to become out of it. So you gotta get out of whatever it is and it starts in your mindset. I wanted to read this scripture, Pastor Gary, before you make your comments. In Romans chapter 12, verse one through two, Amplified Version, put it on the screen. He says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present right. your bodies, right. present right. your bodies, present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living, hold on, go back. He says, present your bodies. Not, don't y'all find that interesting? Who is he talking to? Present your bodies. He's talking to your spirit man, present your body. Present yourself, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living, intelligent, this is an act of worship for you to present yourself sacrifice holy and well-pleasing which is your rational logical where's that in the mind intelligent act of worship i don't know what i don't know what's happening but okay so go, i'm gonna go to verse two and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs but be transformed that's what we're talking about being transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. Because there is a problem. Go ahead. So let me ask a question with that scripture. How long do I renew my mind? No, how long do I renew my mind? Every day, but every day till when? Every day. Okay, I renew my mind every day till when? Until my response is automatic to circumstances mm. and situations. Mm. You, you're looking, Pastor Trace said, all I want you to do is be consistent. Mm -hmm. Just keep coming. If you can be consistently in coming, that's what impacts the soul, and that's what gives you that overcoming ability to overcome the world. You're consistent in it. I am to renew my mind until I am automatically, I respond to, yeah, I heard you, Larissa. It wasn't a, it wasn't a B call. It was booty call. Till I automatically can resist the booty call. Mm -hmm. You, you got to keep going. You got to keep renewing your mind. until Because what are you doing? You're becoming, look, look in the mirror, see what areas don't line up with the image of God, and say, I need to be perfected in that area. I need to what? You can be perfected. The Bible says, let us go on unto perfection. Let us go on unto maturity. Mm -hmm. I got that lined up. I can't make, I, I'm not listening to that call. I asked a brother, a brother back in church. He kept coming, Pastor Derek. I can't, he said, every, no, it wasn't Pastor, Elder Derek. He said, I keep, I keep doing this and that. And you know what he was doing. And I said, well, tell me about it. I said, well, just next time, just call me. He called me Friday night. I said, after the fact, I said, man, I said, come on, bro, you can do this. Hang in there, man. This is what the word said. Next Friday, he called me. And then the next Friday, I said, man, do you know this is the third Friday in a row you called me? There's a pattern here. All you got to do is stop taking that call on Friday. 
And he stopped taking that call, and he would call me, and we'd talk about something else. Wasn't always the word. It was about football or basketball or something like that until he got the victory. You yeah. got to work on areas of your life until you can perfect those areas because you're doing it by renewing your mind to the word of God that prevents that attack because attacks from the enemy come three ways mm -hmm. primarily. I talked about sits, sits, um, situations, ideas, and thoughts, but he comes, he throws fiery darts. He throws them at you and see if you're going to take. The Bible says, take no thought. He's trying to see if you're taking the thought. If you're taking that wow, if you're taking those fiery darts, if you're taking that, if you're succumbing to the evil day. Somebody say, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Come you on. cannot take the bait. It was something you said in there that I wanted to address, but it, it left me. But go ahead, Pastor DJ. Well, th that I was. We were talking about getting up out of that space or getting out of that bed. I was oh, it was the accountability piece. Because what you, what I wanted to point out that with the young man that was calling you every Friday, see, he became honest and open about what his challenge was, and then he found an accountability partner, partner. that can lead him out of it. Some of y'all accountability partners are just for you to bounce that's, stuff off of. That's literally what I was saying. They're not leading you out of nothing. They're just saying. listening to you. Your accountability partner should not be just listening to you. They should be leading you to another place. But that's what the image I got. That's exactly where I was going. Because okay. the image I got in my mind is um, disciples were in a city with Jesus, right? They're in, they're in a city. And there's a bunch of men sitting around, sick people, men and women, sick people sitting around a pool. And they're all trying to get to the pool to get healed and they all talking to each other mm -hmm. and they all telling each other this is the only way that we can get healed this is this is it that forget Jesus forget what he can do this is what I know and and the, Jesus comes to the place and the man is at the pool and Jesus says hey what, what are you doing the man starts saying I I'm in the pool and I'm tired and I'm sick, but every time I try to jump in the water, when the water is trouble, every time I go, they step over me, they hurt me, and they do all of this stuff and I don't know what to do. And we don't realize that we have friends that are listening to that and going, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You, you, yeah. everything is enablers, terrible. Enablers. Yeah, people baby. are so mean enablers. to you. Everything, and they just, they just let you vent and soak it up, and you just ran, and you just ran, and you just ran, and there's no end point to get to your increase in the conversation. There's, there's no, there's no end result. You've literally befriended them so that you can rent, rant, and stay in the same place. So you gotta and put Jesus, in a little. Go and, ahead. That, and Jesus, in that moment, says, "Hey." I don't care about what any of these other people are saying. Do you know who you're talking to now? And I, I endeavor to be that type of person. Hey, I understand you have a lot going, and my friends know in the room, it can be very irritating at times. Because I know you got a lot going on. And to a degree, I'm going to validate it, it's rough. I get that. But at the end of this, it's rough conversation. The what are we step, doing? The next step is God said, you're healed. Take up that bed and walk home. Get that bed up and do, and something. do something. Get this bed up and let's go. We have work to do. Pick it up and come out of this place because you ain't going to do nothing with that bed in this place than sit around trying to get back into the pool with the same people over and over again for the rest of your life. Keep getting stepped on because you ain't changed nothing about your environment. And so, get that bed up and let's go. 
Yeah, I love that because what it proves out is in the scripture, wherever Jesus was involved in helping people to change their lives, everybody had to do something. Nobody got delivered without them doing something. They had to do something and apply their faith. That's so important. That's so yeah. important because the enemy is a master, and he, and he has so many techniques that he uses. Uh, 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 uh. To he's a master. He's not the master. That's good. I thought I said a master. You did. I, no, 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 he no, repeated you. He repeated you. That's what I heard when you he said. Well, let me let me reclassify. No, he no, is masterful. No, you said it right. Okay. You said the enemy is a master. Okay. He is I just reiterating. Wanted to say, he reiterated okay. and pull out the distinction. He is a master. He is not the master. Yeah, that's good. Right. So one of, and, and one of the things that he does to keep people in bondage is is he sends uh, the spirit of vulnerability. And, and, and it's, this is especially for men. Hmm. Men, the worst thing that men hate dealing with is feeling vulnerable. That's the reason why we are all, we always try to be solution driven. Mm -hmm. We always try to have an answer because sometimes we just can't wait and say, okay, I trust. Mm. Because vulnerability is one of the things that brings you to a place where you learn how to trust. Yeah. So, so when we start thinking about what we can do to transform our minds, we got to get that vulnerability out and deal with it and say, you know what? I, I, I don't know how this is going to get taken care of, but I trust God. And I trust that God is going to make a way for me. And I trust because his word says that I'm the head and not the tail. And you start talking about what the word of God mm -hmm. says. And you have to remind yourself. And the word of God will comfort you and keep you from feeling uh, vulnerable so that the enemy, like Pastor Derek said, when he throws that dart in, what if? And that what if turns into why? Mm -hmm. How come? Who going to do it? Mm -hmm. How is it going to happen? How God going to do it? Mm -hmm. You know? So, so that vulnerability makes us feel uncertain, and, and it, 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 it uh, undermines your faith. Yeah, it has good. potential to undermine your faith, and that's the goal that the enemy wants to do is undermine your faith. So that's why it's so important. We talked about renewing the mind, and that's one of the things that, that Pastor Derek asked earlier, and he said, how often should you remember? Man, you should never stop renewing Renew your, your mind. mind. You sit right sure. there, you should be renewing your mind right now, right now, because thoughts enter into your mind, and you know they ain't the right thoughts. Right. So your renewing your mind is something that you do constantly. All right. the time. Right, All because the, time. the thoughts will always come. Remember I said, a bird can fly over your head, you can't let them build a nest. And the reason why you got to do that, because if Satan can get control of your thoughts, then he gets control of your confession. And if he gets control of your affection, out of the mouth, out of the mouth comes power of life and death out of the mouth. And what you say is what you have. That's good. If he can get a control of your thoughts, then you, he will get control of your confession. And that's why you got to constantly renew because he's always throwing those fiery darts. Right. So and you always have to have a resistance to it by what you say. But I, because I don't want people to feel overwhelmed, what I do want to point out here is that once you practice that, it becomes second nature to you. It becomes like second nature. So it can sound overwhelming, especially when you're dealing with a lot of stuff or you want to process through a lot of stuff to change your life and become a better you. All you got to do is tackle one thing at a time. God never asked you to try to deal with everything all at once. You got to tackle one thing at a time. 
And every time you tackle that, whatever that area is, like if you're a procrastinator, if you, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. if you're a procrastinator, work on the procrastination piece because you'll notice how it will begin to infiltrate your life. So just like procrastination infiltrates your life, being on time will infiltrate your life. It works the same, just on the positive side. So you just do one thing at a time, and every, every time you do that one thing, you're empowered to become better and better and better. The I wanted to give Pastor DJ. Be, be, before you go off of that, I just want to, you can give it Pastor yes. DJ. Let me just talk yes. about, let me give you, oh, cussing. Who didn't grow up with folks around you that cussed? Me. I, 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 I just about everybody. Not, not, that's all. I, I mean, my folks that wasn't that saved, that, they cussed. Cussing was, so when I got yeah. saved, I was, I had, I, I cussed. And I'm like, mama cuss? I, mom, mom, no, nah, my, my mama, mama wasn't cussing, cusser. but my, my boys. She <laughs> was, she didn't just cuss. She was a cusser. Yeah. <laughs> she, she cuss, she cuss with finesse. You hear me? With ra- hermeneutics and rhyming. Cause Ryan could put that together, <laughs> make it sing. Somebody in the room sitting I, back like. Somebody mm-hmm. said, yeah, uh-huh. That's Some me. of y'all. That's, that's me. So, that's me. Some, <laughs> I see you right there. Yeah. Some of y'all sitting right. back like, uh-huh. So, I know who that is. Yeah, so when that's I got me. in, when I got into the things of God, I mean like the more I saw God doing honoring his word, I wanted to step up my game. I wanted to be more reflective of what I was seeing in his word. And then I got a hold of a scripture that said, let no filthy communication come out of your mouth. Okay, God, I know what you want me to do. Let me check it. Instead of using vivid feet far further than all them words, I started choosing other words. And then lo and behold, as time went by, even when I stubbed my foot, I don't say cuss words. Thank God. And it took a while. It wasn't something that I had just like that. I had to work, but I got a hold of a word that let me know how God wanted, what God wanted to come out of my mouth, which wasn't what was coming out of my mouth. Amen. So, you was a cusser? We all yeah. cuss. I mean, I didn't cuss like Pastor Terry Mother, though. <laughs> Good gracious. All right, I all couldn't right. make it sing. All right. So, I'm going to give Pastor DJ, you take closing words on on today's message. Did y'all get blessed? Did you learn something you could take home with you? So I'm gonna give Pastor DJ closing words, maybe because you're so good with practical things. I don't know what you were gonna say, but. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah, talk about some practical things that we can use to transform our mind. Um, I think it's very simple. I I was about to say something about social media and then a social media thing came in my head. Y'all know that girl that'd be like, it's very simple, let's check the board. I don't know if you never see, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I was going to say one of the ways that we can help to renew our mind is to don't get caught up or trapped by what you see. We live in a very social media driven culture. And because we have lived, because we live in that type of culture, it has produced a desire to be, um, to produce a lot, but not be healthy in our production. Hmm. Like, we put more emphasis on the growth than we do on the health. Oh. Or we put more emphasis on the, on the doing as opposed to the doing it healthy. And so part of the reason why you have to sit with yourself is because when you look on social media and you look online and, you, and people are showing you highlight reels of their life, 
and you see, oh, that person is doing that, that person's doing that, that person's doing that. They, look what they're doing over there. Look what they're doing over there. And we don't even realize that what we're seeing is the devil doing that. He's doing this with it. He's throwing the dart. And he's telling you, you might as well not even start. You're so behind. Oh, that's good. You might not. You Why you even type of change? Ain't nothing going to be different. Ain't nothing going to change. But it's as simple as realizing we came into this church building. This church building was new. We didn't understand everything about this church building when we first got in here. But how many people feel very at home in here now? Right? This place has become a home for us. Why? Because we kept walking into it even if we didn't understand everything about it. Even if we didn't exactly know where everything was or how this was going to work, we kept walking inside of it. Why? Because our pastor told us what it was before we got here. What am I saying? God has already told you what your life can be before when you open up that word, he gives you the picture of what it can be like. Our choice in this moment is even if I don't understand it right now, I'm going to keep walking into it. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep going inside. I'm going because that's the only way you're going to get comfortable. When the when the urge comes up to cuss or to respond people into anger, I got to choose to walk into a different room. Hey, I've, I've been used, I got some tools in that cuss room that I am very used to. But now I got to walk into the room that's filled with grace. And I got to say, okay, what does this grace thing feel like? And I start moving around in there. How do I do that? I move around in there with my language. I move around in there with my prayer life. I move around in there by going to people that are going to hold me accountable. They're going to say, hey, look, it's much softer in here. It feels good in here if you let it. I, I know I know it may not be what you're accustomed to, but if you sit in this room long enough, if you see it long enough, it's going to be what God called it to be. That's why our pastor used to tell us things like, I, I think about Pastor Terry, I don't know if you did this, but there we just got to sit in their house a while ago, their new beautiful house. And I can imagine that Pastor Terry saw that house before he saw that house. Sitting at home and going, God, it's a new thing about to wash over me and my family. And I may be sitting in the old thing right now, but my soul is in the new thing. My soul, and I almost That's want good. you to close your eyes right now and just picture it. Let's do that. I want, just, just take a moment. I know you may not be sitting in what you think that you're supposed to be sitting in physically right now, but get yourself there in your mind. God, this is the life that you have called me to live. You've called me to be the head and not the tail. You've called me to be above only and not beneath. You've called me to be the lender and not the borrower. You said that you would give me peace that surpasses all understanding. You said that the joy of you is my strength. You said that I can run into you and be safe. God, we choose this moment to reflect on your word and we position our soul to live inside of our spirit instead of inside of our flesh. Good. To make a home in our spirit and not in our flesh. Amen. You receive that today? Amen. Do y'all receive the word today? Can you help me to thank this awesome panel? Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to connect with you. To connect and find out more about Lift City Church, text connect me, all one word, to 337-227-9820. Or visit us at liftcitychurch.org.